parting shot in our dope box, Jeffrey. Now it's time for my dope box. Why I don't like Pontypool. To anyone who does like Pontypool, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking I must not be smart enough to understand. As a person who loves Tolkien and George Carlin, I know a wordplay when I hear one. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Lots of movies ask you to suspend disbelief, which is fine. Many movies ask you to suspend disbelief in the movie's physics of gravity and anatomy, but it's only slightly warped from our reality. Or they'll introduce some kind of magic, magic-like abilities, or magic-like technology to help get around the realities of physics and anatomy. They may further help you to suspend belief by setting the story in a galaxy far, far away, or in a world of magic like Middle-earth or Narnia. However, zombie movies typically ride the line between suspending reality and dispensing with logic. Now, bodily fluids as a means of infection, absolutely the way to go. But the rates of incubation in some, in some zombie movies are downright ridiculous. A day is about the absolute limit to how fast you can show symptoms from a systemic infection, let alone the fact that it can take days or weeks to die from it. And the whole dying from blood loss and coming back as a zombie unless everyone has already been secretly infected, makes infection of the brain in such time impossible. So the whole count to eight, count to ten stuff, and then you die and turn violent is pretty dumb. Now some zombie movies have gotten it right with a longer incubation time and a reasonable means of infection, but there's still the whole animated corpse thing, which is also kind of silly in comparison to the living zombies like in 28 Days Later and the book series The Remaining. But I guess I can let it slide because at least the dead shambling zombies represent our innate fear of illness spread by dead rotting things, our fear of losing self-determination, and the ever-closing march of death, that no matter how fast you run, you can't run forever, as where death is mindless, merciless, tireless, and ever-vigilant, just like the dead-style zombies. So what's my beef with Pontypool? The means of infection is the basis on which every zombie movie is built. Get at least that right, and the ability to suspend disbelief from that point becomes doable. In Pontypool, the means of infection is through words, which is impossible, without introducing some kind of magic. And I got the idea that it's supposed to be Earth with Earth-based rules. I can already hear you complaining that it's a metaphor for how ideas can affect a society. Typically, in a story like that, the people themselves become the monsters and are aware of what they're doing. In my opinion, if you take away that awareness, like they did in Pontypool, you kill the point of that kind of story. So if you add up the means of infection, my problem with the way they convey the point they were trying to convey, and the rate of incubation being a matter of seconds to minutes, and I'm done. If I want to watch a zombie movie, I'll watch a zombie movie. If I want to watch something about how ideas can infect a society, I'll go watch something on McCarthyism, or the Spanish Inquisition, or Fox News. To use a metaphor of my own, I love steak. And I love ice cream. Pontypool tried to make me eat steak ice cream. And then we have uh, Jimmers. What do you got? Corinthians College is this week. It's messed up. Corinthians College is, they're a series of private colleges. You probably know them because they're all over the place. They operated a bunch of different names, including Healed, Everest, and Wyotech. Wyo I assume that's in Wyoming. Wyotech. I would think. They have more than 70,000 students across North America. It's the largest ever college by enrollment. 
and it's getting shut down uh, by the U.S. Department of Education, effectively, uh, 85 of its campuses are already up for sale. The problem is Corinthians colleges were told to turn over to the Department of Education a series of documents about the social security numbers of their enrollees, uh, the actual education that takes place in their colleges, and job placement after people graduate from the colleges in order to maintain Department of Education funding. They failed to do so. This uh, order was given out in January, and they haven't fulfilled it yet. And as a result, they're having to sell off a bunch of their um, assets because they cannot continue to operate fiscally. I'm going to quote from NPR. It says, the problems in the for-profit college sector are wider than Corinthian. They come both from market forces and from the government. For example, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is suing ITT Educational Services, a chain with 135 campuses and 55,000 students in 40 states. The CFPB's allegations include predatory lending and misleading students about their job prospects. ITT has filed a motion to dismiss the lawsuit. This is... Um, just an acute case of how for-profit education has taken a hold of our country. We have to deal with vocational schools, and we have to deal with uh, for-profit post-secondary schools. And when they were asked to turn over information about how they're actually helping people get jobs, they were unable to do so. There's actually a group, I believe they're being called the Corinthian 15 these are former students of Corinthian colleges who are refusing to repay their student debt. Yet people go literally into debt over paying for these for-profit colleges for which you get credits that, as they admit in their commercials, are unlikely to transfer. That is, it's not real. People complain about they go out into the workforce and they're completely unprepared to get any kind of jobs and thus are unhirable. This is an issue that we face in our society at large, and um, I think uh, Corinthian is an acute example of that. Um, the uh, uh, charter schools are generally an example of that. Yeah, people might want to talk about there's a good one here and there, but whenever it's for profit, like, like there's certain things that cannot be capitalized upon. Education is one of those things. It seems to always fail. I wanted to share with you, there is a Wikipedia article about the Corinthian colleges, and um, a quote from the Corinthian people. I'm not going to edit any of this up. I love space. <laughs> the final frontier. That's why I make word documents. <laughs> <clears throat> Are you just doing it out okay. of spite now? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. No, no, I'm really. not gonna. I'm gonna take it. There's something I wanted to say, but it's not to me. And now you know why I was up to 6:30, making sure everything was bonka bonka bonka. Uh, go. Dude, my dope box is gonna be quick. Mm -hmm. No, if you're curious about the intentions of the Corinthians Colleges group, 
In October 2013, the state of California sued CGI, alleging false and predatory advertising, intentional misleading to students, securities fraud, and unlawful use of military seals in advertisements. According to the California Attorney General's, it's like they pretend like you're joining the Army or Air Force or something, and then you end up in a for-profit college. I, I, my brain is weird. When you said military seals, I, I, I like, er, er, no, er, with a gun. That's nothing to do with sea lions. <laughs> Or, my fucked up or brain. Team six. My fucked up brain. That was that was the second place. They, people think they're joining the military. Fans, apparently, I, I in fact, they, they were like actually Navy just seals. enrolling that in a for-profit college. According like, to the oh, California, no. according, Obama's released the Navy SEALs on Corinthian College. According to the California <laughs> Attorney General's complaint, CGI's quote predatory marketing efforts specifically target vulnerable, low-income job seekers and single parents who have annual incomes near the federal poverty line. In internal company documents obtained by the Department of Justice, CGI describes its target demographic as, quote, isolated, impatient individuals with low self-esteem who have few people in their lives who care about them and who are stuck and unable to see and plan well for future. The desperate are always looking for a way out, even if it smells like bullshit. End quote. All right. So is that in your dope box, sir? Yes. All right, Mr. Buchanan. This is my dope box. I promise it'll be short. Uh, so anyway, I feel like I'm giving out a lot of recommendations for you guys to catch up on this time around. But this one's actually a show I was turned on to earlier uh, in the year, if not actually at the end of last year. It's called Utopia. But it's a BBC production. And... It's hard to get a hold of over here, so you might have to procure it in an entirely different manner. Arr, However, extra uh, legal means. I can neither confirm nor deny. So, the idea behind Utopia is <sighs> I definitely don't want to give too much away because you need to watch it and you need to be patient. It is a quiet build. It is extraordinarily violent, so that kind of thing yeah. would dissuade you. However, this is the same kind of people listening to Walking Dead. This might appeal to you. This is sort of like a cross between The Walking Dead and The Pawnee Pool in that it has a lot of subtext. And, and frankly, it's beautifully shot. It's, sought, it's shot cinematically, and there are, there are so many themes going on and... It does have some great acting, including the lovely Rose Leslie from Game of Thrones and from Downton Abbey. Let me just say, eyeball torture. Eyeball torture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Literally uh, in that show. Anyway, there's some very, I won't say hot button, but very uh, controversial ideas behind some of the uh, actions going on behind the scenes. And it's the only show, the only movie show, whatever, where once the motivations of the so-called bad people uh, are revealed, you actually have no idea who you're rooting for anymore. Hold up. Can you give us like a 20-second rundown on the plot of this? Because, like, it's called Utopia, but then you tell me it's going to be something, you know, so horrifying that it's going to burn my eyeballs out of the side. Oh, uh, no, it's, it's it's very graphic in its uh, physicality and killing and torture. Anyway, as far I mean, as you know, what's the, the synopsis is uh, somebody is going around trying to track down sort of this underground graphic novel uh, that has been created. Whoa. Yeah, and 
there are some people who just happen to come across it. In fact, one of them is a, a small child. Well, I should say about 10 years old, 12 years old, who actually comes in possession of it. And, of course, everybody in his life is getting executed uh, by and by until he can hook up with some people who can protect him who also know of this graphic novel. But the idea is oh, about, So this is something like the future? Or is this it's just present day. Or? This is present day. And this graphic novel, he, he hooks up with these other people who are sort of accidentally knowledgeable of it, and they find out that this graphic novel has all sorts of hidden in a very literal sense, hidden meaning behind it. It looks um, like a like a view from hell. Wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah the artwork as far as that goes is very disturbing. So but, like this is set in in modern modern day England. Modern day so, England. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know what's so funny to me is like the British seem like they're so far ahead in spotting fascism. You know what I mean? Like like what did the British do? They they came up with fee for vendetta. Or, you know, you guys Alan to Pink Moore. Floyd, the wall. Like, yeah. what, is, what is the American equivalent of the wall? Not 1984. George Orwell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'll just I mean, like, people you know, Net- like, thousands of people weren't getting high and showing up the concerts Network. for it either. You ever seen the movie Network? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, the number is very good. But anyway, I mean, I mean, like, but the network is kind of a cult classic. Like, it's not like a, a widespread phenomenon the way the wall is. Anyway. Go ahead. All right, so as far as Dobox goes, give it a watch. It will offend some of your sensibilities, probably, but it's going to challenge your, your thinking like it has for me for months. I have not stopped thinking about the themes presented in this show. It got canceled. It's only two, it's only two seasons, but they are worth it, and apparently they're... Uh, David Fincher is trying to do a uh, redo for America, and or I certainly said. hope it happens. Or as they call it, Britain, two series. There you go. All right. And ladies and gentlemen, that is Culture Dig Episode 2. Culture Dig. We are now finally through. What is thy bidding, my master? Thank you for listening to Culture Dig. Hey, listen. This is Buchanan. This is Jimmers. And this is Jeff. And we're out. Later, Gator. Bye. Cue the music. Fuck the babes. Shields up, Captain. This landing is going to get pretty interesting. Define interest. Oh, God, oh, God, we're all going to die? Perhaps today is a good day to die. <laughs>